Happy 13th episode, you guys. How did we get here? It's crazy. And it just keeps getting crazier in my day-to-day life as well as in the narrative, which is my past life. So what I thought I would do today is a little bit different of an intro. Because we have 13 whole episodes out at this point, I thought it made sense to do a little bit of a recap. So I have a recap, a synopsis, if you will. Not going to give away any of the details. So if you are listening to this and you have not listened to 1 through 12, finish the intro and go back to episode 1. You won't regret it. This is a serial narrative podcast. I'm Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries. The Dichotomy Diaries follows me, Amanda, a 32-year-old woman with a deep love for God and family. Tired of failed relationships, she decides to focus on herself, embracing the mantra that love finds you when you least expect it. Enter Dick, an unexpectedly perfect match with a charming yet unconventional appearance, for me at least. As their whirlwind romance unfolds, Amanda's faith and family values are put to the test when Dick reveals a dark past. Despite the turmoil, Amanda, fueled by her trust in redemption, embarks on an unforeseen and devastating journey. Over the ensuing two and a half years, Amanda becomes entangled in an intricate dance of manipulation, gaslighting, and financial exploitation, masterly conducted by Dick. Unbeknownst to her, he navigates a dual existence as a degenerate gambler who escorts for men to fund his addiction, skillfully leveraging the sharp disparity between his outward pious, Mormon image, and his covert side hustle. The formerly virtuous man disappears, and the monster that remains chips away at Amanda's mental health, dismantles her support system, isolates her, and takes command of their finances. As Dick's deceit unravels, Amanda discovers a string of lies, including the reason behind his absence from his daughter's life. Depleted of all finances and personal belongings, Amanda is completely blindsided when an eviction notice is served to their marital home on Easter. Amanda's parents intervene, offering refuge in Chicago. However, Dick's betrayals only continue when he abandons Amanda for the ninth time to run away with a fellow sex worker, leading Amanda to seek an order of protection against the perpetual online stalking and harassment at the hands of his new mistress. Left with nothing, Amanda armed with her law school education, launches the Dichotomy Diaries podcast. This powerful platform not only shares my harrowing experience, but also provides a voice for around nine other women victimized by Dick. Through the storytelling and collective empowerment, Amanda exposes the truth and seeks justice for herself and others, turning her pain into a catalyst for change. So, I don't know if you guys caught that, but I gave you a little sneak peek. 
which I don't really do, but we're very, very, very close to getting to present day in this story. And while I'm sure most of you have seen my social media posts, um, it's bad. It's bad at this point. It was bad before this. And I, as I sit here right now talking to you, I, I can't mentally go back to that place. I don't, I certainly don't want to, but it's like I don't even remember what it felt like to be in those moments. So when I go through the timeline and I do the visual timeline and I see videos and pictures and read screenshots that I had saved, um, it's, it's shocking. I'm sure it's shocking for you, but it's, it's, it's jarring for me because I feel so many emotions. I feel first proud. Um, I lead with positivity always. It's kind of my thing and optimism. Um, I also feel sad that that was me. I think the next natural emotion is, is embarrassment. I am embarrassed that I belittled and diminished myself to absolutely nothing and um, really just kept trying for someone who was very clearly trying to show me that he could care less if I was alive or dead. So, yeah, it's, um, it's all coming to a head. And if you can believe it, it actually does get significantly worse. Um, episode six was the worst time of my life up until that point. Um, but it does, it does get worse for me. And, you know, looking back now, I wish I could shake that Amanda, but I can't. Um, I will say though, and, and I say this in all sincerity and honesty, that I never thought I would look at everything that has happened the past two and a half years and be thankful for it. I thought there's no fucking way how could I be thankful for this situation, for everything that I had to go through? And I am. I am. I, I had to go through all of that to become the version of Amanda that you have here today. I am more forgiving of myself and... I know that I have a much better head on my shoulders to navigate through life with now. I also know, you know, what I'm not going to put up with. And boundaries are a very big thing, not just with romantic relationships now, but with everybody. Um, you gotta, you gotta draw the line in the sand and you can't let people step across it. So with that being said, we are going to dive into this episode. Episode 13 is called Make a Wish, and you will join Dick and I on my birthday trip, which will be pretty fun. 
So let's get to it. Okay. So where are we? Ah, that's right. We're in the car on our way to Arizona to celebrate my birthday. And I just noticed that Dick is doing another thing he said he would never do. And he's following random hot Insta girls. And my stomach is just dropping. And I'm like, God, like, I'm going to have to bring this up. It's going to start a fight. It's going to ruin the whole weekend. And at that very moment, Dick looks over from the driver's seat, phone in his hand, and he goes, babe, I just won $7,000. He's like, we're going to celebrate your birthday in style. We're good. And so I just, I let it slide. I didn't bring up the Instagram girls. He actually like pulled a present out of the back seat and gave it to me. And I remember something coming from Amazon and him hiding it. But I was like, what could that possibly be? Um, I was a little bit shocked that he actually got me anything. <laughs> what he got me was so fucking funny, you guys. I had always asked for, as long as I can remember, those like forever roses because I love flowers and he was not good at ever getting me flowers. So I was like, if you got me these one time, they would, they would last forever. Um, and so he hands me this little tiny circle box and I open it up and they're like primary yellow forever roses, like Amazon brand, 1999. My favorite color is pastel yellow, not primary yellow. And I'm like, God, why do you always skimp, man? Like, I don't see you getting generic pre-workout. You know what I mean? Like, everything for me was just so underwhelming. And that, you know, that kind of leads me into, um, talking about that a little bit you know when you think of big events holidays birthdays anything that should be exciting for you if you are in a relationship with a toxic partner a narcissistic partner oftentimes probably all the time it's not going to be how you want it to be according to medium.com If it's your birthday, it's not hard to guess why the narcissist might hate this day. Narcissists naturally dislike situations where the spotlight is not on them. They somehow want to be the main focus in every situation. In this case, the focus is naturally on the person who has the birthday. So for this reason, the narcissist will either try to spend the day like any other day, or somehow make sure that they are the most important person in the room. Check. (laughs) Every birthday, every holiday, everything that was exciting to me was downplayed. 
so as <laughs> this is just totally goes along with the theme of my life at this point in time as we're driving to Arizona we were supposed to be staying with a friend and that friend was like hey you guys something came up like it's Super Bowl weekend so like people are coming into town left and right and my friend was like I don't have that room anymore and I'm like what so imagine that now like the place we're staying for like five days isn't available it's Super Bowl week weekend in Scottsdale so I'm on Airbnb and I'm looking and I'm like holy fucking shit like are we gonna have to sleep in my jeep like we have nowhere to stay like I have a lot of friends but I had reached out to majority of them to figure out where we're gonna stay initially and and all of them had stuff going on so I'm like oh my goodness I finally remember that one of my girlfriends one of my neighbors from up north actually the woman who is my injector she's amazing charities aesthetics off of pima and cave creek road there's a little plug for you girlfriend um she had a casita and i had reached out to her and i was like oh my gosh it's my birthday and you know this is this is happening and, and by chance like could we rent your casita and she was like the most gracious. She's like, you don't have to rent it. Super happy birthday. Like we're out of town. Um, but like, no, I think they were going out of town or something like that. And so her husband let us in. Um, and you know, it was just, it was a beautiful room up in, you know, right by desert mountain and it's so beautiful and it's, it's my old neighborhood. So I, it felt really good to be there and okay. Crisis averted. I figured that one out. So I think it was like the evening when we got there. It wasn't my birthday. I think that it was actually like the 7th. The next day was my birthday. So we wake up. First thing I want to do is I want to go on a birthday hike. And this hike that we would be going on was the hike that I did every single day when I lived with my ex um, up in that neighborhood. So I know it well. I love it. It's just beautiful. It's not difficult. And so we went out and we did that. He was, he's very anti-hike. He's <laughs> very anti, I, yeah, like being outdoors for funsies, I guess. Um, but it was good. We took some pictures and we came back and I wanted to get, like we had dinner plans that night with a friend, but I wanted to go to AJ's, which is like a boutique version of Whole Foods meets Pottery Barn. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's a boutique grocery store. It's really expensive, but they have an incredible like bakery and sweet section and also probably the best iced tea that you'll ever have in your life. It's so confusing to me how it's only in Arizona, but like stay there, only stay there because I'll be back for you. <laughs> It's that spring green tea, spring cherry green tea. I just die for it. But they also had an incredible lemon curd cake. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have to have like the, the dessert at the, the restaurant we're going to tonight. I just want to have this cake and I want to eat it in bed with you tonight on my birthday and you know, whatever. So we go and get that and 
I got to the car with my tea and my cake. And he's like, oh, I'll be right back. And he ran inside. Okay. I'm like, what is he doing? Well, he comes back out and is like not very, like he's not concealing what he got. And he got a birthday card. And he like throws it in the backseat. I'm like, okay, I can see that. I think then since we were in D.C. Ranch, we went to the AJ's in D.C. Ranch, we ended up going to uh, like the country club and we played tennis because miraculously like my fob still worked to get in there. So that was pretty cool. Um, just kind of like shooting the shit with the tennis pro there. And we I think I had we had brought our like ball machine. So we were like running drills. It was beautiful outside. It was the perfect way to spend the day. And I just, I just loved it. Um, I think that at this point I had like made reference to the card. I'm like, you didn't have to get me a card. And he was like, well, I didn't, I didn't really get you anything for your birthday. He's like, we're going out to dinner tonight. How about I take you shopping? And so let me explain shopping with Dick to you. I have like social anxiety sometimes. There's a lot of things that trigger my anxiety. Shopping is for sure one of them because my whole life, my weight has fluctuated. I have an idea in my head of what I want, like a style to look like. I'll go and I'll try and find it. Then the social anxiety will kick in. I'll start sweating. Then I'm like, oh, this is great. Go into the fitting room, try things on they don't fit, start profusely sweating, and then anything that I put on is like sticking to me and I'm like I don't want to be here and I leave that's kind of like how shopping goes for me shopping with dick is different shopping with dick is one of those rare moments where it's like a bonding experience because he's paying full attention to me he also you know he does he has a he has like an eye for fashion and style and In the past, when I had shopped with him, he has always picked out pieces that I would have never picked off the rack. And when I try them on, they look good. So this was a really good opportunity for us to have a little bonding time. And he, I think he dropped like $500 at at Pretty Please Boutique, which I love that place. Another plug for you guys. Um... He got me like a jumpsuit. He got me um, a beautiful blouse, a dress. They were all really bright colors. And, you know, we didn't know what we were going to be doing over the course of the next four days. But for sure, we knew we were going to have a nice dinner. And then we were going to have a Super Bowl party. So that night, we had reservations at one of, you know, one of my favorite places, um, Buck and Rider. It's like a seafood place. They have a really long happy hour. The best ceviche you'll ever have. And they had a new location that opened up in North Scottsdale. So we went there and, you know, I, again, I had reached out to a lot of my friends that were still in the area, but with the weekend being like so busy, Super Bowl, and all of my friends somewhat working in hospitality in some regard, no one was available besides one of my guy friends so he came and met with us after work and we ate I had some wine um it was good like it was just visiting this is a this is a friend who's he's a dear friend and 
he's always there and is always such a great support. Um, shout out to you. I love you. And thank you for, for always showing up. I think that we took some birthday pictures and then I think this friend was like, we should go to the casino. And I'm like, no, but truthfully, I was like, okay, well, I'm not paying for it. So whatever. So we go to the casino. We end up going to Talking Stick Resort, which is a Indian casino. And it's always pretty like popping, but it was like extra popping. And we went there and I think we were like playing some slots and like having a drink or something like that. And I was like, I want to play blackjack. I like blackjack now. I'm, I'm kind of good. We're doubling down on three. Like, not all the time, but you know what I mean. Um, I sat down at the table and now since we've lived in Vegas, I'm kind of accustomed to like the Vegas thing. Like the, the server comes over, you get a drink, you give them a chip, you're playing your game. So I order a drink. I think that Dick actually ordered a drink and so did my friend. And like the lowest minimum table that we could find, I think was like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Well, when you're in Vegas, you're playing at Ellis Island for $5 a hand. $25 is a lot. That's four hands if you take out a hundred bucks. So that lasted for all of like, I don't know, four hands probably. <laughs> um, the waitress gets back and she's like, okay, that'll be $26. And Dick looks up and he's like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, it'll be $26, $24, whatever. And he's like, oh, we're not paying for those drinks. We don't pay for drinks in casinos. And he just like walks away. And I'm like, this is so crazy. It's only, I mean, it's like $12 and it was a tiny little casino drink. But still, like, don't get up and walk away. He was really pissed that he he had just lost $100 because, like, he does not play very high minimum tables ever. He likes to play for a long time. And that was not long at all. So, the next day we were playing, oh, no, I mean, this is important. We went back to our casita. We shared the cake. I want to say that there was a basketball game on that was semi-important to him. And so we watched that together. Had some relatively good, relatively good uh, birthday sex and went to bed. And to me, I felt like it was a successful birthday. I never got the card. Actually, I found it under my seat like months later. He never, he bought the card. He never even filled it out. It gave it to me. It's so funny. But the next day, we were playing tennis in the morning. And I saw that one of my friends, and I had mentioned him before uh, in an early episode, I had a friend who was from Chicago who was pretty like social media well known for gambling and winning and really being like, I call him like Italian Robin Hood because every time he wins, he just like gives something away to like his followers. And I really, I think that that's such a great quality for someone who, um, 
you know, ha- has abundance, like to, to share the wealth. Like, so he's, he's again, another dear friend. And every single time that he would come to Arizona, we would be somewhere else. If you would come to Vegas, we would be somewhere else. And he had posted something that, you know, okay, last minute we're, you know, taking the plane and we're going to Arizona for Super Bowl. And I'm like, no way. Like, we get to hang finally. And Dick had never met this person, just had spoken to him uh, through social media. So he was kind of excited about that. And I had reached out to my friend and I was like, hey, we're here for my birthday and I would love to get together. Like, we should hang, whatever. I don't know what you guys have going on, but like, let me know. Let's chill. He's like, oh, we're we're like, we're going to be there shortly. Do you want to grab breakfast? We're like, okay. So we actually finished playing tennis. I I remember I was in that, I was in the dress my, uh, my mom got me and I look so cute and like we show up and you know, I give, I give my friend a hug. He's with all of his boys. He rolls deep. He rolls like with an entourage and it's not like just a bunch of like just dudes that are his friends. Like these guys like are serious wow, Carrera's really feeling that. These guys are like serious, like with the analytics and the statistics and, um, they really help him, you know, kind of make, make good picks and, and they're very successful and, and also very good long-term friends. So I think that there was like four of them and we met at a spot in North Scottsdale for breakfast and it goes, it goes well, I mean, I th- we were just kind of like shooting the shit and it was fun. And, you know, we're saying our goodbyes or trying to figure out, you know, what the next few days look like before the Super Bowl. And they were like, yeah, we're, well, we got this house in PV, Paradise Valley. And it's real big. He's like, hey, you know what? I don't know where you guys are, are staying, but like, if you want, you can just come stay with us because the house got like nine bedrooms. And so we're up in really nice area. We're in Exceda and it's also like 30 minutes north of everything like where all the action is. So if we were out and we were drinking over the next few days, which we probably would be, we still have to drive and that sucks. So we actually are like, okay, we'll take you up on that. We have to go get our stuff. But like, what are you guys going to do? I, I think that they have maybe had a car, but they were like splitting up they had to go grocery shopping, get stuff for the house. And on the way back down, we were going to scoop whoever was left up in this area and then drive to the house. Okay, fine. So we do that and we get to this house and it's so beautiful. You guys, it was like a gigantic, like L, it was like a U shaped huge pool. It actually started cooling down. Um, but you know, it's like, it's early afternoon. I think that this must have been Saturday because there was a lot of DJs that had big events at the clubs in Old Town. And during the day when we were there, all the guys were watching sports and they were making bets. And so this was actually a a unique moment for me because we showed up at the house and there was more guys there and I was like the only girl. <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, with this specific group of, of guys, they're like a bunch of Chicago Italians and I felt very comfortable. Um, and of course, like my friend, like he, I've known him for a long time. And so 
it's kind of like brother sister vibes and and it I I felt comfortable but Dick hadn't been around them ever but I felt like I felt like and I need to I need to emphasize that I felt like because he was a gambler they gamble that they would get along well well as I've mentioned before there is a stark difference between someone who is gambling to pay rent and bills and someone who is gambling for fun the difference could not be any polar opposite like it's it's not fun for dick to gamble okay because if he loses like straight to jail immediate immediate depression and for for these guys you know you lose a bet, you lose a bet, you place another one. Like, it's fun. They, they budget. They're very, like, intelligent and responsible. Probably also have, like, discipline and self-control. I would, I would think, yeah. So, he places a bet that is probably larger than he normally would have, but I feel like he's trying to, like, show off a little bit. And now... He is sitting in front of the TV and he's like face in hands. He's just locked in on it. And I remember my friend going up to him being like, hey, man, you know, like, it's all right. Like, they'll, they'll come back. You know, it's, it's, only, it's only the third quarter. It was a basketball game or something. And he's like losing it. And it's embarrassing me. Because even though I'm poor too, I don't fucking act so desperate. And I was like, these are people that, you know, if you acted right, like they could be your friends maybe. And now I know that that's fucking not the case. Um, but, but he lost that bet and he was in a bad mood. And so I think that we, maybe we ordered food or something and we're talking about what the night looks like. Well, the guys had something that was planned and that actually ended up falling through. And so they're like, well, what the fuck do we do now Saturday before Super Bowl? Uh, well, we obviously we have to go to Old Town. But if we go to Old Town, all of the clubs are like you, you have to have like a ticket to get in because they all have DJ events. So my friend was like, well, we'll get a table. Everybody will throw down. And I look at him and like I've confided in him about like some financial stuff and like the gambling stuff, but he doesn't like really know to the full extent. And I look at him and I would, I'm like, I would love to, but like, I like, I can't, like, we don't have like bottle service in Scottsdale and Super Bowl weekend kind of money right now. And he's like, it's your birthday. Just come. And I'm like, okay, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And I think that he was saying that for me, but I don't think that he, thought that he was also covering my husband which ended up being the case we ended up getting a a table that was right dead smack in the center of Maya and right in front of the DJ too I don't even remember who was playing to be honest I don't think that it was someone it wasn't like maybe it was EDM but I don't I don't even remember it wasn't memorable the experience was memorable because you know I had a good time hanging out with you know fellow 
Chicago people, like they were fun. There was some girls and I think it, this was like a friend of a wife or something like that. Cause they all have wife and fiancés. Uh, I think it was like a friend of a wife. I'm not really sure how that relationship works, but it was a friend and they were from Chicago too. And so we all got along and it was fun. I had a good time. I'm wearing my new clothes. I feel good. It's my birthday. People are celebrating. We're taking shots. Okay, fine. And we get back to the house relatively late. And I think that Dick was like done. So he just like disappeared and went to bed. And I'm like, God, you're so rude. You're so rude. Because like how much was that table? You know? And like, did you say thank you? I'm staying up. I'm talking with the guys. Like, seriously, I can hang with the boys. Especially when they're from where you're from. And uh, I think that all of them, you know, with the, with the alcohol and with their, the event that they had came to Scottsdale for, that had fallen through on, on that night, right? Like Saturday. And they were really upset. And they were kind of like getting each other more and more upset. And they were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going home. And so like all of them, but one of them actually left in the middle of the night. And I remember my friend like coming up to me and he's like, we're going to dip out. Like we're not going to stay for, for the Super Bowl. We're just going to go back. And I was like, okay, we can leave too. Like I'll go wake him up. He's like, no, the house is paid. You just got to be out of here at like, I forget what he said. It was like 10 or something on Sunday. So I was like, wow, like, that's so nice of you. So now, now it's, we went from being in a casita to being in this, like, 7,000 square foot home in PV, and we're by ourselves, and we have one other, one other friend, uh, one of his friends, but also now one of our friends, quote unquote, with us. Um, so I guess, I guess I went to bed, and we woke up in the morning, and I think that Dick was, like, a little startled. He was like, what do you mean they left? It's like, yeah, like they were just pissed off and they were like, we're, we're leaving. And so we actually had a Super Bowl party that day. And so <laughs> here's a deal. Who played in the Super Bowl that year? It was the Rams and the Eagles. I'm like a diehard Alabama fan. And Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Eagles. But my husband is Rams all fucking day and he also has been very vocal with me about he he avoids watching his favorite teams like in places with other people because I think his like rage comes out but like this is going to be a situation where we're watching the Super Bowl so it's okay you know like it'll be fun oh my god we showed up to my friend's house everyone was Eagles fans and I'm like just trying to like ignore it like maybe it's okay it's not a big deal he makes some bets, like it's literally every fucking day of my life, you guys. He makes some bets, he, the football game starts, and I feel like it started going shitty right from the beginning, um, and you can just see the aggression building in his face, and on either side of him is someone wearing a fucking Eagles jersey. It was like his hell. I kind, I low-key like kind of enjoyed it, I'm not gonna lie. Um... But then I was also getting embarrassed because he was like screaming at the TV. And again, he's getting so serious because, he, you know, there's serious money on the line, like our rent. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I the, the Rams, they lost. And 
I think that he ended up just walking out without saying goodbye. It was like, ready, let's go back home. We're going home. And I go, like, to the house or to... He's like, no, we're going back home to Las Vegas. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So we do that. And we get home. And guess what's coming up in a few days? Valentine's Day. Wow. Double disappointment? Do we think? Do we think? So I am... I love Valentine's Day. I know it's like, people are like, oh, it's just like a Hallmark holiday. It's, it's not. Like, St. Valentine's fucking person. Um, but it has, it's very commercialized. But I love pink. And I love love. I love love. I do. I'm a romantic. And so I am very thoughtful and intentional when it comes to gifts that I give for Valentine's Day. So this particular year, I decided to go to Michael's and I bought three canvases. And I printed out his, like, like four or five of his favorite songs, the sheet music to them. And I printed out four or five of my favorite songs, the sheet music. And then I printed out four or five of our songs with our wedding song included. And I shellacked it, like Mod Podge kind of, to, oh, actually I like burned the edges on these, these, you know, pieces of paper, the sheet music, so they looked like antique And then I shellacked it to the canvases. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, but I wanted, I had bought black paint. So that was like the background. And I'm looking at the canvas. I'm like, okay, well, how, what am I going to do here? I actually, I never thought that I was creative until this podcast, I swear, you guys. But I think looking back on all of the thoughtful moments and thoughtful gifts, I actually am pretty creative. So what I did with this was on the canvas that had my favorite songs, I drew a silhouette of a Chicago skyline. Sears Tower, John Hancock. I think that was like the those are like the diamond shape building maybe. And so that spanned across that canvas. The next one was the music that was like our songs. And so I drew, I, I had, I didn't, I think I freehanded it, but like basically what I did was I did a skyline, like a Las Vegas skyline. So, you know, you have, um, I don't know, what is that like saucer thing in the air, whatever the fuck, this, the needle thing. And then the Las Vegas sign and just a bunch of buildings, and it looked really good. I was very proud of my freehand. And then on the next one, oh, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. My sheet music had a Chicago skyline. The one that had our songs actually had a heart, okay? And inside the heart was a cactus because we had met in Arizona. And then on his canvas was the Las Vegas skyline. And so to make it just even a little bit better, I had made the skyline come down and it it actually looked like an EKG. So it was like a heartbeat. So the top of the EKG was the, the buildings and the skyline. The bottom were like the points. And then it met in the middle and there was a heart where we met. And then the other side was where he was from and the rest of the EKG. So it took me forever, but I was so proud of it. And I yeah, I was, just, I was so proud of it. I worked on it all day long. Like I wasn't done until like 7 p.m. at night. So it's finally done. I think it was still wet, honestly. And I was like, are you ready? Like I loved giving him gifts because for the most part, he actually was pretty gracious. And um, 
so I had like put him on the wall actually to show him and I go okay come out and he's like oh my god this is amazing and he's like so thankful and (laughs) I probably looked like a sad puppy dog because I was like okay where's mine and he's like I'll be right back (laughs) and he leaves like immediately after and so he goes to Krispy Kreme Donut, which I do. It was good. I like Krispy Kremes. Goes to Krispy Kreme Donut and he gets a half a dozen of heart-shaped donuts. And then I think he probably went to like a, I don't know, a grocery store or something and got me like a bag of candy and some flowers. And he came back and he was like, here you go. Again, it's like you had the whole day. I was I locked myself in the bedroom to do this secret, super creative project for you and the whole time you could have like been out I don't know six hours eight hours you could have gone and gotten something a little bit of thought just a little bit of thought maybe the same amount of thought that you put into your parlays that would be cool so that was my valentine's day it really it it was a double disappointing february but that's how my life goes at this point in time And truthfully, the blows don't really even feel like blows anymore. They're just expected. So that's kind of where we leave off here. Well, 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 who could have expected that ending? (laughs) Probably every single one of you. Yeah, I know that you guys are used to me leaving you with cliffhangers (laughs) and I think that some of you love them and some of you hate them and you're in my my dms oh my god when's the next one gonna come out that's why we do cliffhangers this episode I had to end right at the point where I did because the next episode is uh the peak I don't know. I feel like I've said it was the peak 57 million fucking times. But truthfully, this is when it all goes downhill fast. So before we get into what that looks like, I want to talk about what's going on in real time right now, which I don't really do much. I've kept everything in regards to my divorce pretty like close to the chest um close to the vest close to the chest I don't know I I feel like they're both right but I'm not sure which one is the saying anyways um as I've like been very public about I have been doing this whole divorce representing myself alone with the help of like the online self-help in Nevada and whatnot um when I sent subpoenas out, my husband freaked out and hired an attorney, which was probably smart on his behalf, truthfully. Um, not sure where he got the money because he hasn't been able to pay me the four months of alimony that he's in contempt. But um, that's besides the point, I guess. I, I'm not really sure. Anyways, um, my divorce trial was set for February 8th, which is my 33rd birthday. Y'all know that. And I've been preparing 
and getting my ducks in a row in preparation for that and for the dates that I had been told. Um, This week and last week, I started receiving documents filed by his attorneys. And without going into too much detail now, um, I'll let you know that essentially what they're doing is turning everything around on me, including asking the judge for me to pay for his attorney fees. I'm, what money? Like, with what money? You took it all, my guy. Um, so yeah, that's been really stressful. Um, every, I don't know, other day at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., there's some kind of piece of paperwork that is submitted that just says that I'm a liar and that I didn't go through what I went through and that I am the predator with an agenda. So that's interesting. And today, I was actually right before recording this, which is why it came out late, was served with a document that says my trial is no longer on February 8th. It's actually the, (laughs) it's all going to be heard on I think January 29th, maybe. So it's interesting to watch the legal system um, allow stuff like this to happen, especially when they know one side is representing themselves. Um, So yeah, I have to figure that out within the next two weeks. And so... If you guys know any family law attorneys in Clark County, shoot me a message um, because I feel like the time constraint now doesn't really allow me to do what I can do on my own. So not sure how I'm going to pay for that because all of my savings went to that online via him but we'll figure it out and I still remain optimistic because I have facts so to get into what you will hear in episode 14 I gave you a little sneak peek at the beginning um there's a reason we moved out of Las Vegas you guys and it happened very suddenly. We end up back in Chicago. And <laughs> I'll introduce you to a super fun character who you haven't heard of yet. She goes by the name of Lizard Girl. So stay tuned. It's about to get wild. I also want to mention that I am currently working on revamping my website, but if you are not following me on Instagram or Facebook, you really need to. And I say this only because I post on there multiple times a week. Everything that I talk about in the podcast, there are receipts for. So you will visually follow the podcast in the highlight section of Instagram 
The Instagram is at The Dichotomy Diaries. Same for Facebook. You can also go to www.thedichotomydiaries.com and you'll be able to find essentially all the social medias that you need. Um, I think that a lot of the episodes can use visual context. So yeah, go check it out. They're public. You can follow. You don't have to follow whatever you want to do, but I do love feedback. So if you want to send me a DM, I always answer. I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, and this is The Dichotomy Diaries. It's not over yet, till you taste regret. It's not over.